Hello and welcome to the Future is Bilingual podcast. My name is Heather. Thank you for joining me. Today's episode is part two of my December 2020 updates, and it's not at all related to part one. So you don't have to go and listen to that episode if you haven't, unless you are interested. That episode was about what I've learned in this year of being a new podcaster and things of that nature. Today's episode, however, is going to be about languages. So I want to tell you guys about how things have been going in our house with different languages um, pertaining to my children and also to myself. And I also want to end this episode as I did last week's with some goals. So this episode will be personal, but hopefully you can get something out of it as well. I've structured this episode by language, so hopefully that will make sense and give it some structure. So the first language I want to talk about is English. So the language I'm speaking to you in, which is my native tongue. But it's not the language that I speak to my children in. I rarely address them in English, and my children speak mostly Polish. My son will sometimes say a few things in English, um, things he's remembered his grandmother saying or something like that, just to be funny. But we mostly speak Polish in the house, at least my husband and I to our kids. My husband and I will often speak English, and we try and speak Polish, but things just, we communicate a lot in English more than um, I would like. And I'm always telling him, like, speak to me in Polish, but that's a whole nother story. So before COVID hit, my kids were seeing my mom at least once a week for three hours. And it was often more than once a week. And we're not doing that anymore. So that's um, a really big hit to their English exposure. And I wasn't too worried about it for a long time. But recently, I've started to think that, you know, they probably do need to hear more English. And my daughter more than my son. My son still remembers a lot. He can quickly get back into it when he has seen my family. But my daughter hasn't had any exposure at all almost. And she just needs to learn some more, I think. And a side note, I often feel not bad. That's not the right word. But people will often describe me as raising my children bilingually in English and Polish. And I I would say that that's almost not true because I'm not, I haven't yet made a big effort to speak or teach them English. And now being the only person that they see all day for most of the day, and then they see my husband, but he speaks Polish. Um, I do feel a bit of a responsibility that I should probably expose them to some English because they're not getting to see grandma. My son was supposed to start preschool at the end of March, which did not happen because COVID hit mid-March. So there were a lot of factors that uh, were supposed to happen to help my son um, and my kids learn more English that are now affected by COVID. So I'm taking more of that responsibility on myself. One thing that they do do, my children do, is uh, we have story time online and they have some music online. Uh, sometimes it's through Zoom, so they have to be kind of accountable. They're, the teacher can see them and uh, they can see the teacher and vice versa. So that is one good thing. So we've been scheduling more story times in, uh, but it still doesn't make up for being in a preschool, being with other kids. So he's missed out on a lot of exposure that he was ready for, for sure. And he wasn't going to go full time or anything like that. It was just going to be two days a week, but still it's a bit of a downer. Okay, so that's English. So I am going to try and do some activities, schedule some more things so that they can 
get a little bit more exposure to English. So the next language I want to talk about is Polish, which is our family and home language. It's the language our kids speak almost all the time, like 99% of the time to us and to each other. Even though my husband and I sometimes speak English to each other, they still are very Polish dominant. Uh, the only exception is when my family comes over, my son will pretty much switch completely to English. He sometimes will say things to us in Polish. My daughter doesn't really make a difference yet. Um, so she'll still speak a lot of Polish even to my mom. Uh, but my daughter, she did begin speaking this year. So this time last year, she was not yet one. Now she's almost two and her language has just exploded. It's kind of funny, both my kids had like a good amount of words, a good amount, like 10, 10 words or so, 10, 15 words by the age of 14 months. And for some reason with both of them, I thought, hmm, I better start writing these down. And when I did that, they were both 14 months old. So I found the old paper from Adrian, my son, and now the, the paper from my daughter. And they were both 14 months when I started to write those, those words down. So kind of interesting. But um, so of course, the past months, her language has just exploded. She's saying full sentences. She's expressing her own ideas. So that's all very exciting. Um, and of course, this is all happening in Polish. She has had almost no exposure to English. Um, very little, at least, because we haven't seen family very much. Uh, so that's what's happening with my kids. Their Polish is fine. Uh, I would say it's almost getting to the point my son is almost getting better than me because he remembers things quicker. He's been doing that for a while. But he will almost like not correct me yet, but sometimes he'll say something and I'll be like, is it that way or this way? And he's correct. And I'm like, oh man, he's only three and he's already better than me. So it's, it's fascinating, uh, but it is his native language. So for myself, I've been continuing to study Polish and it's been a long time that I've studied Polish that I've been learning it, but I haven't always been consistent. I haven't always done a lot besides just be kind of passively around Polish people and having conversations, but not like really actively writing or taking classes or doing things of that nature. Um, this year, and I don't remember when I signed up, but I've been a member of Polski Daily. So that's a Polish website by Paulina. And she has an Instagram and a YouTube and she has all sorts of things along with her website. So I've been a member there and I've been doing her. Um, she has different classes and discussions. So every Saturday, a uh, different teacher, Patricia from Go Polish, does a grammar lesson. And then Paulina does some discussions on Sunday, and sometimes it's films. Unfortunately, I don't have time to watch a full-length film. <laughs> I guess I could make time. But yeah, that's a whole other issue. But I've been consistently going to the grammar lessons every Saturday at 2 p.m. So that's been really good, and it's held me accountable because now I'm just like part of this class. It's a class on Zoom. Um, if I miss it, sometimes I've missed it, I can go back and watch it, but it's not the same as being there and being able to ask questions during the class and things. So that's been that's been really great. Um, another just really quick thing that happened this past year was that I was interviewed on somebody else's podcast for the first time, and that was by Paulina from Polski Daily. And this interview happened completely in Polish, which I was so nervous about. Uh, it did go well. But yeah, I was stressing a lot and preparing notes like crazy and just very nervous for that interview. So if you do speak Polish and you want to hear, uh, we talked about raising bilingual kids and Paulina does not have kids. So it was just interesting, interesting talk. And it was all done in Polish. And since that interview, I've 
been interviewed a couple other times and they've been in English. So it's been much more comfortable and less uh, stress inducing. I did not have to plan so much for the other ones. The next language I'd like to talk about is French. And um, as you may know, I'm a French teacher. I'm also a Spanish teacher, but French is more my passion. It's the language I've been studying longer. I've lived in France, just have more of a connection to that language. And I've always wanted my kids to know French, but it hasn't really been a priority. I tried to speak with my son when he was little and it just didn't really happen. Uh, it didn't feel as natural as Polish. So we just focused on Polish because we had more of a reason to. We have family, we have friends, whereas I am the only French speaker. So uh, we kind of let that drop. However, uh, we have always listened to songs and little comptines and things like that to get them just their ear used to the sounds. But I don't know when I started doing this, but I guess a couple weeks or maybe months back, I started to be more persistent with speaking to them in French. So not just let's hear this song passively, but let's try and have a conversation. I've been more consistent with trying to teach them words. So teaching them colors, teaching them different objects, things in the house like plates and, and forks and shoes and socks and pants and all those things that we just talk about on a daily basis when you're around your children 24-7. So I will say, I will speak honestly, that it has been a struggle to be consistent. Um, so that is not shocking, but it's disappointing. So I've tried to speak as much French with them as I can. And I, it just, they, they already speak Polish, so they'll just automatically go back to Polish. And it's hard. It's hard to just keep speaking a language when they're not speaking it back to you. So all of the parents out there who are trying to introduce another language to their kids and are finding it uh, a struggle, I am right there with you. So I just didn't realize with the first language, they just, you know, they picked it up and it was great because it was not my native tongue and I'm so excited. And uh, it's been a real big struggle to get them not to speak it or be interested. They are, but it's just not the language that comes to them first. So we're working on it and I am lucky. They're still little. Um, they still will repeat kind of willingly. So I'm going to try and capitalize on this time where they will still repeat. So a lot of times I will just keep saying the word to them. So like this morning we were in the kitchen and I was like, c'est une assiette, une assiette. You know, this is a plate, une assiette. And I just kept saying the word for plate and, you know, trying to encourage them to say it. And they'd be like, assiette. It's like, oui, très bien. <laughs> so I'm going to keep trying to do that and slowly build up their vocabulary. And, you know, really focus on the things that are most important. So just daily conversation. Okay, the next language is actually a combo of two languages. So I want to talk about Korean and Japanese. So I don't remember if I mentioned this in the first intro, but I've been really on and off studying Korean since college. So like circa 2006. And back in the day, back in college, I was taking notes and doing it really seriously and looking at websites. And then it, for a long time, it was just dormant. But I always found the language very interesting. I like how they have different particles. Just the grammar of it is very interesting to me. And it's very different than any of the languages I have studied. So it's always kind of been there. But I haven't really been too active. Uh, this summer, I did try and uh, pick it up again. And I wanted to be more intentional. So I got a notebook and started taking notes. For some reason, around fall... I got motivated to do some Japanese and I have been to Japan. I went in 2016 with the high school where I taught. And I, during that time, back in 2016, I just focused on 
listening and speaking. So if anybody knows the Pimsleur method, it's just like audio and it's very repetitive. And I would, on my commute to work, I would listen to these CDs and repeat things. And it was very basic, like, do you speak English? Can I have a glass of water? But very useful. I got to use those sentences while I was in Japan. Um, so I briefly studied some Japanese, but I really, really focused on listening and speaking back four years ago. And this fall, for some reason, I got inspired to do some more Japanese. Unfortunately, you know, I hate to say this, but I was just really, I don't want to say put off, but just demotivated by the complexity of the written language and the different apps I was using were trying to get you to to do kanji and recognize kanji already. And I was like, whoa, I have like a very basic knowledge of this language. So um, I unfortunately was kind of turned off and I've since gone back to Korean. So it was like a short flirt with Japanese in the fall. I don't know exactly how long it lasted, but I did go back to Korean and it felt very uh, familiar and comfortable. And I was able to read what was written in front of me. So that was nice. And yeah, I just, I'm continuing to study Korean. Uh, it's, it's again, it's just for fun. I don't have any goals of going there or I don't have any friends that speak Korean. I did back in the day, I did want to teach ESL over there. I ended up going to France, but that was part of the plan way back in the day. Uh, so yeah, that is Korean and Japanese. They're both really interesting languages. Yeah. And if you guys do study, if you study either of those, but especially if you study Korean, give me some, I don't know, some tips. Uh, I already am following uh, Talk to Me in Korean. I haven't bought any other materials yet. Right now I'm just using the free stuff on the website, but maybe, maybe one day. Another language, just really quick, I dabbled, well, I continue to dabble in Italian, which is uh, a nice break because when I'm studying Polish, Polish is very different from French and English, and Korean is even more different from French and English and Polish. Um, so when I study Italian, I've just been using Duolingo. It's so close to French and Spanish, and it's just so easy. <laughs> it feels like a break, and it really sounds pretty, so why not? Never been to Italy, but it's a very beautiful language. So that's kind of just for fun. And last but not least, uh, really recently, I was like, why not? look at the Greek alphabet again and study a little bit of Greek. So just for fun, I picked up Greek. Uh, I did used to live with a Greek girl and it was just so beautiful. I would listen to her on the phone. It's a beautiful language. Uh, I also did visit Greece about a decade ago and it was such a beautiful country. I would love to go back there. It was one of my favorite, favorite destinations ever. And we with my friends that I traveled with, we we did learn the alphabet and some basic expressions, but I have completely forgotten like 99% of those. So um, basically a beginner again, but yeah, dabbling in Greek just because I find it really beautiful. Uh, and I like different alphabets. So, you know, alphabets, the, the Japanese was a little much for me, even as a language enthusiast, um, but alphabets I can handle because at least then you can read, you have an idea of what's going on. Okay, so that is it for the different languages uh, for the year. And here are some goals that I, and things that I'd like to, to work on or continue doing. So as I said, I wanna continue to use more French and English with my kids. And I have a little schedule I'm gonna talk about in a minute that I've kind of worked out. I wanna find some more short activities, like 30 minutes or less that I can do with my kids in French and in English. Um, so this is during the weekdays. Winter is coming. We live in New England. It's We already have snow on the ground. 
So we're not getting outside as much as we used to. And I would love to have some sort of activity. You know, I don't want to just sit them in front of the TV for half an hour, but it could be on a certain day um, just to get them exposed to French and English. So the English we have already because we have our library story time and it's interactive and it's people that they know. Um, so I'm trying to find a similar type of thing in French. So I'm doing some research. If you guys have any good ones, let me know. Uh, another goal is I want to increase our book collections for Polish and French. Um, so maybe through the holidays, I've put some on our Amazon wish list. My daughter has a birthday coming up. And then our own budget, we've kind of continually started to add to their collection. This is kind of on the same level, is I want to be consistent with my language study. So I think often I'm assuming I can't do things when the kids are around and then I have these precious one or two hours during nap time that I'm trying to squeeze everything in, including a part-time job, teaching online, including podcasting and studying languages. So maybe I have to do some more things with the kids around and just let them play. They're very good at independent play. So I think I just need to, to start doing more work when they're around. The last thing I have on here, it's kind of scary, but I want to record myself speaking languages that I'm learning. So luckily, a lot of the apps will have this built in. And I actually like it when they tell you if you've said it correctly or not. So I know Duolingo has this. Um, Utalk, I believe, has this as well. Yeah, it's, it's kind of discouraging. Uh, <laughs> Korean is really funny. Sometimes I think I've said it perfectly and it's like, nope. And then the times I feel like I've just mumbled, it says everything was perfect. So that's kind of funny. I don't know. I don't know why it does that. But yeah, it's a really good practice to kind of get your mouth used to pronouncing different sounds. So I want to do more of that. The last thing I want to talk about is this little schedule. So this was inspired by um, my friend Sylvia on Instagram. I believe she's under the name Horizonte Trilingue or something of that nature. I'll have to, I'll put it in the show notes. So she is raising her daughter trilingually. She inspired me to make a schedule where I could do different languages and try and be more consistent. So I'm not saying I'm going to speak 100% in this language on that day. What I'm calling it is my focus language. So I'm kind of reminding myself, okay, today is français. So I have to speak more French to the kids. And I decided to divide it up with Monday, Tuesday will be français, French. So we may not speak French the entire day, but it, I'm going to try and remind myself to speak more French and hopefully build up so that maybe we're only speaking 10% in French in January, but we can build up to 20%, 30%, 40% as the year goes on. Okay, so Monday, Tuesday, French. Wednesday is Polski, which is Polish. Thursday, Friday are English. And then Saturday, Sunday, when my husband's home, is also Polski. So um, as you can see, Polish is still three days out of the week because that's still our main language. And then I've given two days to French and two days to English. And I did this based on different activities that we have. So we have a story time on Thursday in English and a music uh, in English on Friday. So it just makes more sense to kind of get them speaking English on those days. And then uh, they'll be more ready for those activities. And like I said, I want to include more activities. So it could be some music hour or story time, just something to get them hearing English and French from other people. So it's not all just coming from me. And it's just, it's fun to have little activities. Uh, so I will ask for some recommendations. I'm going to post something on Instagram soon. The things that I found for English is basically 
our local library has this program called Pathways for Parents, and they do these activities on Facebook and on Zoom. So we've been doing a lot of those for English. And then I just started looking last night for some French resources. Um, I follow some people on Instagram that do little songs. Uh, I think Music en Bulle has one. And I found some things on YouTube, like the La Clé, and then Ville de Sherbrooke, um, that's a Canadian one. Those have some really nice videos for kids. So hopefully people can give me some more ideas for French ones. And yeah, I just want to end with uh, some cute little things that my daughter has said. Uh, just three uh, connections that she's made because she's multilingual. So the first one is this summer, my mom said the word caterpillar. And my daughter turned to me and said kotek. And kotek in Polish means cat, kitty cat. Um, so she heard caterpillar and connected that to a cat. So I thought that was pretty cute. Uh, another thing was I was trying to teach them the word for apple in French, which is pomme. And she kept saying pumpkin. So she heard the similar sounds between pomme and pumpkin. And the last one, we were singing a song which is about planting cabbage. So the word in French is chou. And I was singing to them, you know, savez-vous planter les choux? And she kept pointing and she was saying shoe, like the English word for shoe. Um, so that was pretty cute. And yeah, so just little insights into my little daughter's brain, which I always enjoy, the linguistic insights that she gives us. So that's all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed that little update on my personal language journey and our family's language journey this past year. I would love to hear about your own language journey or your family's language journey. You can reach me at tfibpodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at the future is bilingual. One word, no dots or spaces. And I, yeah, I love to hear from you guys. I hope that everybody stays well and stays safe. Uh, maybe winter is coming where you live or maybe summer. Um, yeah, I would love to just hear from people here where you're listening from. So please don't hesitate to reach out. And uh, next week I'll be releasing the final part of this uh, December update series. Again, none of them are related per se, so you don't have to listen to each one. And I hope everybody just stays well. So we'll catch you next time. Thanks.